2: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hiya, just a quick note before this week's episode that this is actually the previously unreleased pilot that I recorded back in November 2016. John and I uh, at some points talk about his podcast, Cinema which is still available to download, but John's actually just recently launched a brand new podcast called The Dream Factory, where John and Joel, who both used to do cinema, now discuss crowdsourced film pictures um, and flesh them out. And it's really fun. The episodes that I've listened to so far, I've really enjoyed. So please do check that out. Um, and just, uh, I suppose, a note on this week's podcast is that I think the tone's slightly different to what... Uh, you may come to have expect the tone is slightly different uh, in this week's episode, and that's just because I was kind of discovering what the podcast is. Um, so you may notice it tonally seems a bit different from what you've heard before. And whilst I've got you, could you just do me a huge, huge favour? If you do use iTunes, then could you please give me a, a review? You don't need to. Write anything, though, that'd be amazing. All you really need to do is find the podcast in the podcast app and give me a star rating, that'd be great. Uh, And if you can't do that, then um, just subscribe and could you just tell that one friend about this podcast? That'd be amazing. But without further ado, here is the pilot episode of I'd Sooner Forget This. Hello and welcome to I'd Sooner Forget This, a podcast where guests share with me their most embarrassing things from the past. I'm Daryl Smith. I once wrote a poem entitled LSD, despite the fact that I know nothing about drugs. There was a line in that said poem, which was, LSD won't work on me, so take that weed away. Yeah. (laughs) With me today is John Harris of Cinema Podcast. Hello. How are you feeling right now?
3: I feel anxious but you've shared a bit of your embarrassment, so that's made it slightly <laughs> easier for me. But
2: I am yeah, anxious.
3: I'm very anxious. So what have you brought I have wrote a song called Life that I recorded with a band that I was a part of. I actually messaged them recently, the, the, the other members, and we decided we were probably about 12 at the time or maybe 13. 12 is yeah.
2: really young to be recording music.
3: Yeah, we uh, got into straight into secondary school and we were like, let's do it. We're going to be <laughs> rock stars.
2: Uh, I think we just need to hear some of it. So what was the, just quickly, what was the band called?
3: At the time, the band was called Self Titled. Oh. You see, you see the cleverness
2: Yeah, yeah, love it Yeah And the song is called Life Yeah, alright,
3: let's <laughs> do it <laughs> I'm the vocalist, by the way, just to give some context
1: give
2: You sound so young <laughs> I am so
3: young, I was 13, 12 maybe First verse, first chorus. The thing about being a 13-year-old in a band is the drummer, he sounds fine. You yeah. can't listen and go, that sounds like a child playing the drums. Yeah. The guitarist, you can't go, yeah, he sounds like a child. But the vocalist, you can tell.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you sound nothing like that little boy. Not that you would still sound like a 12-year-old.
3: I can do it. I can do it. Okay. be, mate. For the reunion tour. <laughs> Um, so where was that recorded it was recorded in the bedroom of a guy from a couple years above us at school that sounds really creepy he had a studio set up and yeah we recorded there i don't really remember much else about it i've got a vivid memory of him having a very lovely smelling toilet (laughs) <laughs> but, but past i don't really remember the actual process of recording the songs <laughs> this all sounds really creepy
2: the, the, the process keep that weed away from me <laughs> i want to look into uh some of these lyrics i feel like was this at the peak of kind of like emo uh
3: it, i think it would have been just before emo i think the biggest bands around would have been like your your system of a down your red hot
2: chili peppers stuff like that that's who you were trying to emulate no <laughs> you heard
3: it um i don't know who we were trying to emulate I mean I can't speak on behalf of The instrumentalists in the piece Because I wasn't playing any of the other Any of the instruments But um, I spoke to them Because I told them that I was doing this And I said like Do you have anything you want to say In defence of yourselves (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they didn't really say anything, so I don't know what that says. I think someone said something about how robotic one of the guitars sounds during a solo. There's a solo coming up, guys. Oh, <laughs> little, tease, little tease for later. So I guess it was before all that kind of like emo. I think emo would have happened a couple of years later. Right. So it was
2: more like Kerrang! rock. Right, yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of Eddie Van Halen kind of feeling to it. But I don't know if it's just because you've got a high pitched voice.
3: Yeah, I think, I think I don't know whether that was a, a chosen thing or just thrust upon me as, as a prepubescent. Yeah,
2: I don't know if it's Van Halen or if it's like Guns and the Roses, that kind of like hair metal almost. Yeah.
3: They would do it with like a more husky undertone, whereas it was for me, it was literally. like...
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what look at some of the lyrics, John? Yeah, please. Um, did you write all of them? Yeah,
3: I wrote the lyrics. Ideal lives for ideal people. Marry in a church beneath the steeple. I mean, this is stuff where I've got what the words. Okay, so people. What can you rhyme with people? <laughs> steeple. Uh, what's ideal? Looks and money. Having a charm. Being funny, because it rhymes with money. Yeah, yeah. We live for power, breathe for wealth, but when do we look inside ourselves? Money is the root of pain. But when will we live again? I would say so far they were kind of making sense. And then at the end it goes, Money is the root of pain, but when will we live again? Like, there's, yeah, those two phrases have nothing to do with one another. And that's the chorus, isn't it? No, oh, no, no, cor- sorry. No, the chorus is, uh, We live our lives to fit our size, but what is life? Who is life? We live our lives to coincide, but when is life and where is life? And I mean, that's so much. That's literally life. every, I've gone, <laughs> What are the like traditional questions? And just put the word life at the end of them.
2: The lyric which I'm most confused by, to be honest, John, is we live our lives to fit our size.
3: Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, excuse me whilst I go and like, check with my 13-year-old <laughs> self as to what I meant at that point. I'm having to like hypothesize for my own younger self. It's like we live our lives in our way, like we're, to fit our size. It's like, you know, we live our lives our way. Okay. Which actually kind of goes against the message of the rest of the song, I would say. It feels like I'm trying to be all, like, angsty and anti-capitalist and being like, what's the point of everything? And then with that, it's kind of a bit more... That's a bit more empowering to say we live our lives by our size. True, yeah. Oh, bloody hell, that's really clever.
2: Oh, man. Yeah, maybe uh, <laughs> you were it, really is, it is essentially just a kid going,
3: what do rock people say in songs? Yes, yeah. It's just gone, okay, they talk about angst, they're against capitalism, they think life is worthless so i'll do that
2: when like you first started writing songs was it just like right i need to try and write a song
3: we didn't record this but the one that we did before was called pain right uh, <laughs> like looking back it sounds so on pc and i hate it but i remember the chorus was something about a mental infection which sounds horrible yeah but i was like trying to be all like anxious, being like yeah i'm in so much pain emotionally it's like a mental infection but now i think about it, it sounds really horrible and crass Uh, but we didn't record that one fortunately so that that (laughs) one Um, problem is up until like very late point in that band I was just writing lyrics because I I couldn't play a musical instrument But I wanted to be in the band, so be the front man. So I was just writing songs because I was the front man. I wasn't writing the songs, I was writing the lyrics because I was the front man. And that was the kind of democracy of the band, was like you wrote your part at the beginning.
2: And, And did you know how to sing? Like, had you been taught how to sing? No. So you just wanted to be in a band?
3: It feels quite out of character for me to have been that ballsy at 12, to be like, you can play guitar much better than I can sing. You can play drums much better than I can sing. Let's start a band. And I just went, yeah, I'll be the front man. Like, that's crazy in hindsight, because they're both very talented musicians. If you listen to my other podcast, the synopsis music is written by the guitarist, and the theme tune is written by the drummer.
2: Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. What was the band's name again? It was called Self-Titled at the time. Self-Titled. Like, what were some of the other names that you transitioned through?
3: As far as I remember, we went from Self-Titled... We would have had that one for like four years or something. And then when we like turned 16 and we all started watching like the Mighty Boosh, we changed to Betamax Bandits. And then we changed to No Longer Bandits after because we weren't that guys anymore.
2: All your fans obviously really appreciated the big change.
3: They are. It was like changing over from FM to DAB or digital (laughs) TV. You know, they had the big changeover. They're all ready for it. And it's always irked me that I didn't go with We Were Bandits is better than No Longer Bandits as yeah. a title for a band. And it always irked me that I didn't think of it at
2: the time. Similar to that kind of thing. You know the band Augustines? Yes. They used to be called We Were Augustines. But of recent times, they've called themselves Augustines. Which means that, technically, Augustines were previously known as We Were Augustines. So, Augustines were We Were Augustines. Plus, <laughs> yeah, oh, It's quite a confusing transition. I think they found that the We Were... Um, it's too long, or is almost like sounds like they're their own tribute band. <laughs> so I would
3: say at the time, uh, it's coming back round. So when we started the band, bands just had a name. It was like Audio Slave. Yeah, generally one word, but like it was a name. It was like boom. Then it started to be the bands, the Hives, all the indie stuff came through, and then it all started getting a bit more airy fairy, and everything became something and the something. Yes, and now it's come back round to
2: one word. A lot of bands nowadays. We'll, we'll replace a letter with a different letter that kind of looks like that letter. So prime example, churches that use a V instead of a U. But there's loads of other parish Paris bands. do it with yeah. a V
3: as well, which really confused me because I, I feel like there's only a certain amount of times that you can replace a vowel with a V and I thought <laughs> churches had already kind of taken that. But yeah, there's that as well. But it does seem like nowadays it's like Bastille, churches, Paris. It's not, no one's calling themselves the
2: anymore. Yeah. But this is a huge um, diversion from your song, which I feel like we need to hear the um, guitar solo.
3: Do you want verse two or should we go straight to the the solo? Uh,
2: Let's hear verse two.
3: Oh, he's a good guitar Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good for 12. It's amazing.
2: If anything, it's unnecessarily, like, how can I explain it? It sounds like this guitar solo is too good for the rest of (laughs) the Yeah, I agree with that.
3: (laughs) I keep thinking, here's the last chorus. Yeah, yeah. No, more solo, more solo. This felt like our first few gigs, We stand standing there awkwardly going,
1: uh, uh.
3: I can't comment too much on the solo for I was not involved in it in any way, but I remember when we were like starting the band It always used to blow my mind that he could play the Stairway to Heaven solo. That was almost seems like the thing.
2: I mean, that is really good for 12 years (laughs) old. Like, the start of it, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. But then it, like, cracks. At 12, he sounded like a better guitarist than I ever was.
3: (laughs) He's now, like, a session guitarist, and he is very, very good. He's always been very good. And so, yeah, like, to have a guitarist like that and be like, yeah, you're going to join my band where I'm the singer... Is is insane?
2: It doesn't seem like it's hurting you too much.
3: I think I've been spending the whole week preparing myself mentally <laughs> for this. So, just for record, I don't. I didn't own this, and I had. To, that's what, the reason I spoke to the band was because I messaged them all, being like, "Does anyone have a copy of Life from that recording studio session we did? That's like thirteen years old or something." Yeah. And so none of us had it, and eventually I went and spoke to my dad because I was thinking, you know, like parents, they keep all that rubbish. Yeah, yeah. And so he was like, "Yeah, I'll see what I can do," and he found like 26 different recordings from our age 12 to about 22 or something. He had all of them. That's incredible. Yeah. And so you can kind of get an idea of like the like evolution where we actually became a much more confident band knowing what we were doing yeah. through the audio.
2: But this is the fir- very first one that you recorded together.
3: This is the first thing that we have like committed to audio. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the, fir- the second verse goes, what's the use of living life if all we do is toil and strive, which Even to this day, I'm not sure what toil and strive really means. It's just a thing that people say.
2: I think it sounds like a real, real song's lyric. That sounds rude. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: What if it helps? You think that bit's all right, but then the next line is, "And all the bad just comes again." What does that mean? Bringing with it hate and pain. All the bad, (laughs) like even I'm not like a songwriter now, but like if someone came up to me and was like, what do you think of these lyrics? And they'd use the word bad. In a, like, <laughs> mate.
2: Apart from Michael Jackson.
3: Oh no, but he re, he like, he owned the word. He like yeah. changed it. He's like, I'm bad. You know, that's different. Uh, Bring it with a hate and pain. People's minds possessed with wealth, forgetting love, forgetting health. They never thought of life before until death knocked upon their door, which makes me laugh so much. <laughs> the idea of the Grim Reaper showing up was like, "Oh, I didn't think about life at all. <laughs> I didn't think about life until you came, Mister Grim Reaper." It's just a f- stupid image. So yeah, that's the that's pretty much most of the song. The lyrics are yeah, not the best.
2: So did you ever perform this live?
3: Yeah, but I don't think like I imagine if I went into that folder and was like, "And here's the audio." Oh no no. <laughs> There is a version, but I think that by that time we'd we'd changed the the tuning. There is a live version in Amazing. the folder. This, yeah, look, there's like covers and horrible stuff from 2006. Oh, it makes me feel awkward.
2: These kind of folders are literally what this podcast is about. Is that like I've got such a wealth of weird stuff that I've kept over the years that I should have got rid of, um, but haven't. And I think everyone's got these... F- Live at school, 2006. <laughs> Live is- in
3: Nottingham, 2006.
2: So did you, did your dad record a lot of that?
3: Yeah, so the that, that audio, um, he... But, like, I think he just um, took it... For, like, someone just gave him a desk feed and he recorded it onto a camera and then just took the audio. So, I mean, we're talking very lo-fi. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the studio stuff, would, we would have just sent to him. So, yeah, we're saying 13 years ago. So you're looking at like 2004. Yeah, 2003. Yeah. There's definitely something from 2009. And I'd imagine there's even later than that.
2: When did you stop making music together?
3: The last thing we did was a gig in a pub uh, like four years ago.
2: Wow. So you were together for like eight years.
3: Yeah, we were together for ages. And we took a year out in between school and university and played loads. So we got like good. I'd say we, I'd, I'd confidently say by the end of it, we were a good band. Yeah. It was always like fun, but it was always, we were really like quite methodical about it. Every single Friday after school, we had band practice for three hours.
2: From 12? From the age from of 12? From the 12. age of
3: 12. And so like that gig we did four years ago, we hadn't played together for about a year and a half. Yeah. At all. and We didn't warm up or practice or anything. And we played the whole hour long set and it was like, because it became muscle memory and we just remembered it all.
2: So was there a moment when like you kind of like clicked and felt like your songwriting was good? No, I
3: I like writing songs and I like doing it, but it was always like a means to an end. The song wasn't the most important thing. What was? Playing live, playing with my mates. And that's why like after I I tried to do some solo stuff, I didn't really enjoy it very much because it was like, even if the gig was going like really crap, when we were in a band, it was like the four of us having the best time ever and we were just like mates and it was like embarrassment or anything going wrong was like quartered because there was four of us and if a gig was going bad I'd just turn around and it'd be like a glorified band practice
2: the songwriting was almost a means to just get that feeling yeah. of um, performing live
3: by the end of it I really enjoyed it but like I was never I really like writing songs but I'm not like you hear those people being like I have to write songs yeah it's like I, ha- like, I have to express myself in that way. And I do think I have to express myself in a mildly creative way as a person, like, in general, or I get itchy. That's why, like, I do a podcast now. Yeah. That's why, before I did music, I thought I wanted to be a cartoonist and spend all weekends, like, painting and stuff. I've always, like, itched if I wasn't doing something. If I wasn't making something.
2: Yeah, I'm terrible for that. Like, on a, on a day off, I'll think, well, I've, I've, I've got to do something. I've yeah. Got, yeah. I, can't just, I can't just play on a computer game.
3: Even if, like, a lazy Sunday... Uh, yeah i'd still like have to have something to show for it so like the lazy sunday would have to be like i have to make an excellent meal or really Mm. like like really enjoy the day off like i couldn't just have like by accident a day off like i'd have to consciously be like today i'm going to do nothing because i've earned it otherwise yeah i'll start getting itchy by the end of the day being like what have i done what I, what can I show for my day?
2: Yeah, exactly. Is, is that is that like having a day off where you've got to have planned stuff? Yeah. Like, well, if I'm going to have fun, it's got to be like the best fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, and otherwise I'll be like, I'm like constantly writing to-do lists of stuff and having the podcast means that I'm like, all right, here's another idea. Here's a video. Here's some audio. Here's some scripts for the next live night or something like that. It's always... I wouldn't say that that like, oh yeah, I have songs in me that I needed to get out. I just had to always have something to show for my time and being in the band was really good because it meant that on a Friday we could band practice and on the weekend I could write songs. Yeah. And it was great.
2: If you could like jump back in time and um, see that 12 year old version of you, you're just, you're just making um, previously untitled, no, untitled. Self-titled. Self-titled. Yeah. So you've just, you're forming self-titled. Like what would you want to tell yourself What about the music and stuff? Possibly, yeah. Or what you want to jump back with the knowledge that you have now, what would you want to tell 12 year old John?
3: I don't know. I'd I'd probably just be like, everything's going to be all right. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's going to be fine on a personal level. In terms of like music and stuff, just like keep at it. And I don't think uh, it's weird because I don't think I was ever like, we just did it. It was never like a thing that we were like, oh, I'm getting tired of this. Yeah. Like, oh, we had another crap gig. Why is this going on? And the only reason we stopped was because we all went separate ways at university, which is know, yeah. like a classic thing. I don't think there's any regrets or anything I'd say like do differently.
2: The plan wasn't literally just to have fun. you didn't want to be rock stars well
3: yeah let's be let's be realistic of course like i'd we'd have loved to have been successful and had an excuse to do it forever, but I don't think any of us are bitter about the fact it didn't work out. I sent the guys the the other three members I sent them all this audio. And we were discussing old times and stuff. And we're looking to kind of, just literally for prosperity, we're going to record some of the stuff that we actually made at the end of our time just to have it. You know, we'll put it online for people to download if they want it. But just for us to have, because there are some songs we wrote at the end that don't have recordings that do it justice.
2: And they're they're like the songs that you're most proud of?
3: Yeah, I'd say that they're the ones that we're the happiest as a band. And I'd say like, if there's four of them and if you put them together as an EP I would say that they're as good as most music when we were doing it I think the biggest bands around would have been like yeah Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff uh, obviously <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers were around in the 90s I'm not that old
2: like, yeah but, no I was going to say like you say like Red Hot Chili Peppers are messing, but, like, I can't remember like the slap bass solo in that song
3: <laughs> <laughs> we don't good enough of bass for that but the first song <laughs> we, we learned as a band was Zephyr Song
2: oh really yeah
3: by the Red Hot Chili Peppers
2: do you know what? I never liked the chilies.
3: No, neither did I, but the others did. James and David, the bassist and guitarist, were much more into metal and heavy stuff. They would go see, like, Killswitch Engage and, and actually proper metal bands, because I know Killswitch Engage, if you're getting into, like, your nerdy Adam, they're probably closer to your emo metal than normal. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but they, would get in- they were into really heavy stuff. Um, Jamie, the drummer, was more into, kind of, like, interesting stuff like Incubus. So not Emo Emo, but kind of in that area.
2: I think bands like Incubus kind of like created what Emo... Like Jimmy Urd and them.
3: Yeah. Is this what this book... The History of Emo with (laughs) Daryl Smith. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then I was, by the time I turned about 15 and stuff, I was listening to like the Subways and the Futureheads. So I was very much in the wrong band at the time because they were listening to quite heavy stuff. Yeah. And I was listening to like jangly indie music and so we met in the middle and just kind of made pop rock
2: when making a band you never unless you're going solo you're never truly making what you want to make yeah
3: but then like I think it's that thing of like if the sum is better than the equal of all the parts then it's worth the compromise a bit I guess
2: yeah I suppose that. I mean that's how new styles get created
3: yeah and that's when we were like a when we were teenagers and Enter Shikari came along and said, yeah, we'll put like dance music on top of metal music. And everyone went, wow. And then the prodigy were like, we did that in the (laughs) nineties.
2: Yeah, (laughs) man. Enter Shikari, when they first came out, literally like blew my head off.
3: Uh, Yeah. It was like, I I think dubstep happened a few years later. And that was the next one that everyone was like, whoa. But I remember, yeah, when Enter Shikari came along and sorry, you're not a winner was like being played on all the rock channels on telly. It was like absolute like phenomenon at the time.
2: Yeah, alright. Uh, now this is a big diversion, but I will ask Because us- we haven't diverged. <laughs> yeah. enough as it is. <laughs> but um right, with like um dubstep. Yeah. Like we were both at uni at the time when dubstep was massive. Yeah. Like when it had its basically like I've never seen a genre of music have basically a fifteen minutes of fame. Yeah. In that it came and then went.
3: Yeah. To like, be replaced by house.
2: Yeah. Although house was already around.
3: Yeah, but I think house became really big after because it was oh man we went drum and bass then into dubstep then house is now the the, if you go to a club and it's still so that's house has had a lot longer in the limelight than those two genres yeah
2: yeah Uh, but the thing with what dubstep is is that because it's just all about the drop and that people basically just get bored of it too quickly you no one listens to a dubstep song a second time She's a
3: build-up for like 10 minutes.
2: (laughs) I could go
1: forever.
2: And then it's... Uh,
3: Yeah, no, it's odd that that kind of came along and disappeared. Um, Yeah, so to go back to my like pit of despair and shame that like is my songwriting, it's... uh, it's just odd, like, to have to, like... I quite enjoyed it in a weird way because it's, like... Because it's not, like, shameful in a kind of evil way. It's, there's something weirdly nice about airing out that closet of skeletons and going, yeah. And you see all these, like, cringe worthy things on the internet that teenagers do and you think, oh, man, you're going to hate that when you're older. But maybe they'll just embrace it and go, you know what? I didn't know. I was finding myself.
2: Yeah. Do you, do you feel like you are the same as that 12 year old or that or do you almost think that it's like a different like uh, listening back to that is it almost like listening to a different person
3: well it literally it sounds like a different person (laughs) Uh, I can't remember I I don't I like I don't know what my 12 year old self was like so much as I remember like my later in my teenage years that like he really isn't me he's very much trying to find himself and is he dealt with it by going by being quite like abrasive and Look at me because right. I don't know it was like I guess that's a defense thing, isn't it? to be like people won't point and laugh at me if I'm pointing and laughing at myself,
2: right, oh okay, so I, I mean, yeah,
3: yeah, and then you look and you see
2: yourself with
3: like your checkerboard belt and your you know your baggy trousers and you think and you look, and you think that he did he was not very comfortable <laughs> <laughs> you know you were saying about like what would you say to that kid who wrote life nothing i'd 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 try and talk to the 15 year old me and be like you'll be fine calm yourself down
2: right well i'm glad that he did calm down john
3: yeah he's fine now
2: are you happy that this has been kept
3: uh when you said have you got anything that we could use for this and you you said about lyrics specifically yeah and i thought
2: i bet you there's an
3: audio recording i kind of part of me was like because i make i make podcasts i know that the idea of something that makes me feel really uncomfortable is good as for someone like as in I thought but there was another part of me going I'd rather just not I'd rather let's pretend we don't have the audio and would maybe do with something else yeah but then yeah now that we've done it and we've looked through it I'd actually argue it's maybe because I'm like looking back at it and I'm trying to understand it and I know that it's basically just like a kid being like what's the song sound like how does the song work I'm less embarrassed about it than I would have been explaining it has helped
2: like it's not like Awful. Do you know, it's not embar- It's not, well, it is embarrassing, embarrassing for you, but it's not embarrassing for someone else to listen to. It's not like I'm, I, I wasn't listening to it and thinking, that kid is awful. It was just like, oh, these are clearly some kids who are trying to learn yeah. what music making is.
3: The weirdest thing I would say is the lyrics are terrible, but I think lots of lyrics are terrible. The, the thing that actually I find really embarrassing is the fact that the chorus melody that I sing is which is like really not very
2: inventive and it's really dull you doing that bit sounded like I, I recognize that song
3: oh god, yeah it's probably someone else yeah oh yeah please don't sue me for plagiarism um yeah no it's 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 fine i think maybe i've gone i'm saying that it's not embarrassing it's fine and explaining it as a way either to get over it or just to lie to myself. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. be like, Yeah, it's fine. What, Daryl? What? Yeah, we all You did a stupid thing too. <laughs> Once did it it's like a self defence thing. But um yeah, and then I'm sure we've got worse songs with worse lyrics, you know, that in a weird way, probably later on when I was trying harder yeah, and they're still not very really good, it's probably arguably more embarrassing. if you. I can go like, haha, I was 12. Whereas if I go like, look at it and go, oh, I was 20, and it's still rubbish. That yeah. would be arguably more embarrassing.
2: And do you feel like maybe you saying that you didn't really care about the lyrics is more of a defence of those lyrics? Because you're saying, I didn't really care about the lyrics, so if you don't like the lyrics, neither do I?
3: Yeah, and it's like, yeah, we can all laugh at me together rather than if you were laughing at me and I was going, yeah, actually thought about those long and hard yeah that's not that's not as fun it's not as funny and it's 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 more like damaging to me um but no but in honestly i don't think even if you spoke to 12 year old me and tried to to dissect the lyrics he would just be like they the guys wrote wrote some music and i had to put some words on it because that was my job in the band yeah it wouldn't be like yeah oh yeah i thought it was great (laughs) <laughs> i'd argue that your your thing in the beginning about lsd and getting lsd and weed mixed up is more it's
2: more funny oh that poem i mean i i could tell you the whole poem if you want to hear it yes please let's uh, do it um so it isn't written down i know it off by heart
3: well that's the thing so you when wh- I, we didn't say i listened to a tiny bit of that audio just to make sure it was the correct audio but i didn't listen to the whole thing yeah and i knew the words just because, I guess, it just stuff like that just gets etched into your brain.
2: It's almost like when you read the lyrics again, it kind of, like, triggers something in your brain. and It's like, oh, yeah, yeah by the way, this memory that you've tried, like... To suppress. suppress. It's still there. Yeah, still there, and now it's fresh. <laughs> uh, so that poem went, LSD won't work on me, so take that weed away. There's only one drug that works on me, and that drug has no name. I think I was trying to write poetry which I thought was clever. Do you see what I mean? Like, it's that whole, like this is an emo song it, it's that just like yeah. this is what people say if they're trying to sound clever
3: my favorite thing about it is that you've gone like a really quite intense drug won't yeah. work on me so keep that weaker drug away from me it's like it doesn't make sense yeah it's like going bullets don't hurt my
2: skin so don't try and stab me yeah <laughs> <Do> you know <laughs> yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah they don't relate but I think it's because I thought LSD and weed were the same thing I think in that just drugs just drugs just I, you smoke it all
3: I remember when I was like eight or something and a neighbour said to me that kids did drugs in the park down from where I lived and it blew my mind that <laughs> drugs it, it was almost like discovering that drugs actually existed because I think at the, until that point I probably thought of them as some sort of like ethereal thing that you hear about this evil this like unknown evil and then suddenly they're like yeah people you know who are like 10 years older than you or something do it in the park yeah And it's like, it's no but you die when you do drugs <laughs> like do you know it just blew yeah. me. I remember really vividly being like a- amazed by the idea that that was even possible
2: um so are you pleased that you shared that with me
3: Um. Uh, I don't know I think I'm um, right now because f- I'm in my head I'm, it's just us having a chat yeah but when you put it online that might so- I might suddenly feel a bit more awkward about the whole thing <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'll even... Pro- but part of me. I'll listen and be like, oh, yeah, it's fine. And then I don't know if I'll promote it because I'll be so scared of oh. my friends hearing it being like, ha,
4: look at you, you idiot.
3: <laughs> you idiot. I just, yeah. I mean, I'm sure I did more embarrassing things as a, as a teenager than write a song, but...
2: Well, the thing is, is that as opposed to... Like, you could have done the most terrible thing as a 12-year-old, but there's no record of it. This yeah. There's a record of this which yeah. I, which is what I found fascinating about diaries and poems and all this stuff that people keep is that it is a record of exactly who you were at that time.
3: Yeah, and I guess that, yeah. And so like you probably imagine, you probably remember yourself as being slightly more competent, slightly, you know, you yeah. kind of uh, airbrush your past a little bit. I'm sure everyone does that. They airbrush their past. They either hide or like make it less embarrassing, the embarrassing moments. Yeah but there's no avoiding that because it's there. It's like there in concrete. You heard it. I heard it. I can't go like, yeah, no, we wrote some okay songs. My voice was fine when I was 13. Like I can't because it's there to disprove me. And so you kind of just have to embrace it, I guess.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm very happy that you have embraced it, John. Well, you may not have fully embraced it, but you're you're still apprehensive. <laughs> but um yeah, thank you so much for um joining me on I'd sooner forget this.
3: No worries. Thank you for having me.
2: So, John, if um people want to hear more John C. Harris, what can they do?
3: Yeah, if you want to hear the adult version of myself tell you embarrassing things, uh I do a podcast called Cinema, which is uh, Cinema with an S rather than a C. It's a it's about bad movies but it's also there's a there's two formats. One where we have guests on and we pitch a film called Pitch Please the other one where we watch the worst films ever made. It seems like quite a complicated mouthful but honestly once you subscribe you'll understand it's quite straightforward.
2: Both versions of the podcast are brilliant and I've appeared on it before and really enjoyed it. Thank you so much uh, for listening to the podcast. Um, if you enjoyed listening to this then please do subscribe and give us a review. Thank you for listening. Bye! <laughs>